Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fallen Outdoors Midwest Podcast. We're brought to you in part by True Products. That's TRUproducts.com. True Products is a veteran-owned company. Uh, they've given us a discount code, a true TFO, for 50% off oil products. That's T-R-U-T-F-O. Head on over to trueproducts.com. Check out everything they got, man. They got all the stuff from your waterfowl guns to archery equipment to standard shotguns, whatever kind of oil you you need. If you need cleaning oil, they got it. If you need gun oil, they got it. If you need reed oil for your duck calls, they got it. So head on over to True Products. Use promo code TRUETFO. That's T-R-U-T-F-O for a 50% discount. On this week's episode, we have Freddie King from The Retriever Trainer. Freddie King is a big-time HRC hunt test dude, big-time waterfowler, turkey hunter. I mean, anything in the outdoors, you name it, he does. The Retriever Trainer is great. It's a great program for someone starting a pup. It's a great program for someone looking to title their dog. It's a great program for someone looking for a community to depend on. And when I say community to depend on, I mean when you sign up at theretrievertrainer.com, you get... $60 $60 a year is what you got to pay, but you get access to a private Facebook group that Freddie King himself will comment on. He likes posts. He shares videos. He does all kinds of closed group stuff. You also get to get on there with 25, 2,600 other members and talk talk shop, man. You want to talk dogs? There's, they're, on, they're on there. They're going to talk dogs. They know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, they're going to ask, and someone on there is going to give you an answer. <clears throat> We're also joined by Matthew Owad. Matthew is a staffer in Kansas. He runs Muddy Acre Kennels. Um, Matthew's used the Retriever Trainer Program. He can attest to how great it is, how awesome it is to be able to reach out and direct message somebody that's been doing this for so long. Matt is a big supporter of the Retriever Trainer. I'm a big supporter of the Retriever Trainer. The Retriever Trainer is a big supporter of the Fallen Outdoors. So we hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, Freddie, so, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, what I kind of wanted to do with this episode was just talk about uh, postseason uh, waterfowl uh, dog, I guess, keeping dogs fresh or um, moving into the HRC AKC test realm to kind of keep your dogs or to, I guess, better your dogs for next season, get them ready and that kind of thing. So um, I brought Matt in. Matt has a kennel up in uh dover kansas he helps us out a lot with the waterfowl hunts and stuff so i i myself just got a dog um so i'm just getting into this i signed up for your retriever training program my dog's 12 weeks old i'm doing nothing but socialization stuff right now i'm taking that dog everywhere with me i'm introducing her to all different kinds of stuff all different kinds of environments trying to make it as fun as i can you know um it seems like that's one of the most important building blocks to uh getting a pup ready for hunting and running HRC AKC test programs? Uh, most definitely. I mean, uh, one of the, the, one of the worst things I get is a pup that has all the ability in the world, but has, uh, uh had a huge lack of socialization and introduction to new environments, uh, from the seven week to nine month old period. And those pups come to me with, and they, they'll work around the areas they know real well and around people they kind of get used to, but then you get them out in a new environment and they're real hinky. I mean, so the I've got two in the kennel just like it right now that are five and a half, six months old, and both of them have 
tons of retrieving desire, but it's taken them almost a week and a half, two weeks to get used to me to where we could actually begin progressing. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is a club that's six, seven, you know, eight months old, and they come to you, a lot of their character is already instilled. So, I mean, it's just like kids. Uh, most, most kids that you know that are quite shy and, and somewhat not big in the groups mainly stay that way as people or somewhat they get a little bit better, but it, it, and, and dogs are the same way. They, they, they'll get a little bit better. And, but most of the time, unless, unless they just have a complete reversal, they, they, they stay that way and never, and never come out of it fully. Now I'm not saying that dog's not going to make a great hunting buddy, that sort of thing, but it just, it, it, anytime you get into a new environment, you're going to be fighting some battles, some evils. Yeah, and I imagine that the socialization of dogs is always easier when there's tons of dogs around, especially if you're running a kennel. Um, what are some ways that maybe people could socialize their pup if they don't have other dogs in the house or if they don't have, you know, AKC, HRC tests around them or they don't even know where to find that kind of stuff? Is it as simple as just taking them out to whatever environment they're going to be hunting in, just – you know, trying to get the dog exposed to as much stuff that they haven't seen before. Well, I wouldn't, there, there, I wouldn't say that dogs are a huge, huge part of the, I mean, they're a major part, but they're not like a huge part of that socialization and introduction. It's more about the people and the new environments. Now okay. dogs, dogs play a, 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 a decent part of it. You want uh, your pup to be around just enough dogs. I don't like bringing any puppy, uh, young dog around too many dogs for pure fact. Most of most time you don't know how well the other owners or if they've even, you know, have, have given them all their, uh, uh, shots and immunizations and those sorts of things. And I don't like bringing them into environments that, that a lot of dogs frequent just for the pure fact that, you know, they can pick up horrible. They can pick up other, uh, illnesses from dogs. So, you know, uh, you also want to be safe about that. So, uh, the main thing to me is people, the, the dog part of yep. it almost seems to come naturally. And most of the time, most of the time, I really don't want them around just a whole lot of dogs too much before they, other than their brothers and sisters and their, their core family unit and that sort of thing. And they kind of get their little pecking order and stuff just for the pure fact that, uh, uh, a lot of dogs, when they, they're around a lot of other dogs, it seems like that pup knows how to play keep away better than any dog around. <laughs> The, the way I see it when it comes down to the puppy stuff is just like what Freddie's saying is you, you got to be, you got to be introduced to that dog to other people, other environments, but you also got to be smart about it. And so the one place you don't want to go is like a dog park, you know, depending on where you at, where you're at, because you have all those different breeds. You have untrained dogs. You, you have a high chance of either, uh, you know, like we talked about Parvo or something like that, but you also have some where you may get this big aggressive dog come pound down on your little pup. And now you've created a new issue you're going to have to deal with where he's got uh, fear of other dogs. You know, your best thing to do to go meet new people with that pup is you got stores like all your pet stores, Petco, PetSmart, Orchlands, Lowe's, Home Depot. They're all pretty good with letting pets in there on leash. So I like going to those stores because rarely do you actually ever see anyone take advantage of that. 
but you get a real good chance, you know, for them to go in there, see new people. Some of them are going to come up, ask to pet the dog, you know, the cash register. They normally have some biscuits for the dog, make a positive experience, bring some treats with you, you know, and stuff like that. But I, when I, whenever I have young pups, I normally go to like all three of the, I may need like one or two things, but I'll go to all three stores to get them so that they just get a chance to go in and see people. I mean, even the sliding door when it opens up can freak out a pup the first time that they see that, you know, a door like that or something like that. Everything, walking in the parking lot, having doors slamming shut and cars starting up, all those are going to be experiences that you need to build confidence with and make positive experiences about to just get that strong, confident dog when it gets older. 100% spot on. Yeah, that's interesting because – as someone who has never trained a dog before and I'm just starting out, dog park was like my very first go-to of like, oh, hey, let's take it to the dog park and get it socialized with other dogs. I, I mean, yeah. the, the the people thing is what really stands out to me is getting in around other people. Yeah. So, yeah, what you like to try and do is like our, our HRC club up here, the Kansas City one, like we'll actually do puppy training days. And I know you kind of brought up the, what if you don't have access to that, but we'll do specific puppy days where it's like aged puppies that can just go out and socialize. So this way you don't have a big 80 pound, you know, lab, or if you go to a dog park and it's German shepherds and pit bulls and someone's got a Rottweiler and someone's got a Chihuahua and all sorts of craziness running around and <laughs> possibly playing keep away and aggression and all that other stuff. You know, we, we like doing those controlled introductions. So definitely, definitely check out those local HRC, AKC clubs, you know, reach out, introduce yourself. I mean, nowadays, each one of these clubs normally has a, a Facebook page too. So, I mean, the communication is just there and you just reach out and say, Hey, I've got a pup. I'm looking to do some socialization. Anybody else interested? And, and you could even do your own personal thing, but make your, make your connections with, the, the people who are part of an organization like that kind of ensures that you're going down the right path, that they're not going to maybe make some of those mistakes. Not, not that they won't, but maybe that they'll be more alert to what they're trying to do, what the best way about it is, and, and not just, you know, chaos of a dog park kind of thing. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, most people, they don't understand that, that it only takes one negative experience to impact that pup for life and and it and it's amazing how something that happens at eight weeks of age can still kind of irk a dog that's three four five years old and and even yep. even something it's and and i know matthew can attest to this i've gotten dogs in that reacted you know maybe it's it's the way my door hinges or something like that on my old truck or something like that they just they're hinky about a certain little something and it's because of a negative experience that they've had either associated with that type of noise or some kind of movement or something and those kinds of things if if pups aren't introduced to as many different sights and sounds in an extremely positive way those kinds of little things can can hink a dog for the in for the rest of their life I mean, it's, it's, it's yep. almost fanatical how, how uh, it does affect you. Yep. Especially when you get into loud noises. I mean, when, if you have a pup that has a bad experience with the door slamming or some other loud noise like that, don't be surprised if you're going to have an issue when he starts shooting around that dog. 
I had I had a client's dog get dropped off, and I was getting something out of the garage, holding blinds or something, and something fell over, and that dog was I and it wasn't anything big or scary. Didn't hit the dog. Dog was nowhere near it. But something fell over on a shelf, and I looked around. That dog was hiding underneath that four wheeler, terrified. Wow. And I knew right then and there that we were going to have an issue when that gun came out and we started shooting because it gets more concerned about what that noise is and if it's a danger to it than what we want, which is it hears that gun fire and it goes, all right, that means there's something out there for me to go get. I should be getting excited. Mm-hmm. They're getting terrified when they hear some of those loud noises. So you got to, everything is so critical at that point to just, but that's, that's the focus though. It's socialization. It's prey drive. It's not, you're not crushing obedience on a four month old and all that other stuff, you got to focus on that socializing and, and uh, prey drive. Cause like, like Freddie was saying, those issues right there at a, at a three month old, six month old pup, you could be dealing with that with a four year old, you know, down the line, if it's not treated right at the time. I guess I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and get into how um, AKC HRC hunting directly relates to uh, bettering your dog in like waterfowl or upland situations, whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. I know both of you are on the road well, right now um, doing that sort of thing. And we just came off of waterfowl season. So can you guys kind of just one of you, please just explain the relationship that can be built between testing and hunting. Yeah, go ahead, Freddie. That's, that's all you right there. Well, I mean, as far as they go hand in hand, uh, HRC hunt retrieval club is, is a whole lot more like hunting uh, UK, uh, AKC, you know, you're still standing up holding the gun and, but well, used to, you just had to hold the gun. Now, uh, they want you to point in the direction of birds that where they're coming out, that sort of thing. And you still got to have safety where, uh, but you're not actually shooting a popper or working the gun where in the hunt and retriever club, HRC, UKC events, you're actually working the gun, that sort of thing. So it's a little bit more like hunting. Your 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 marks may be more realistic to actual hunting situations. Your blinds more realistic to the same. Uh, you will have uh, decoys out. You'll do some duck calling in the, the HRC events where AKC events. You'll walk to the line. You'll wave, and they'll call for birds. Most of the time, there's not decoys out. Uh, most of the time, uh, just like hunting, uh, HRC. You can talk to your dog while everything's going on, where AKC, you can't say a word. Once you signal for the birds, you've got to shut up, let the test happen until they they uh, uh, release your dog by number. And, oh, wow. and I, can, I can tell you this right now, the whole time I'm hunting, I'm talking to my dog. So HRC's <laughs> a, whole lot, yep. a whole lot like what I'm doing already. But, but both of them, no matter what, better your dog for the hunt for hunting that's all there is to it both of them uh, you're testing against the standard whether it's a uh, 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 started or, or started season finished versus junior senior and a master so you're tested against the standard to progress your pup so that they can handle bigger and bigger jobs while you're actually hunting and and trust me there's a million times that we're hunting with folks throughout the years that you know, a mark or a blind is ran or something like that. And you can tell instantly the level of the dog that is running the mark or the blind just by, you know, how they, they're handling. And, uh, you know, usually you're just kind of give a little bit of definition, definition of, of each, uh, 
started dog is, can run single marks out to, let's say, 100, 125 yards on both land and water, has a basic understanding of re- the retrieve, a little bit about decoys, those sorts of things. Senior level dog is going to deliver the hand. It's going to be steady to shot. It's going to be able to do walk-ups. It's going to be able to do diversions. The dog's not going to switch on birds while out there and can mark decently doubles out to, oh, let's say 100, 125 yards, kind of the same. Uh, finished dog, you're just adding another mark. Your blind complexity gets a little bit little bit deeper out to about 100, 115 yards, 100 yards max, actually, and uh, as far as on blind. But the technical part of it can be pretty in-depth, depending on, you know, your judges and how well they set up the test, the grounds that they're, they've got to work with and so on where uh, Matt, uh, AKC is generally just about, I'm going to say, and you correct me if I'm wrong about this, Matthew, but I'm going to say it's about 20 or 25% harder for each level. Level. So your junior level dogs, they're going to be doing doubles. They're going to be, they're going to be delivering the hand. So, and, mm-hmm. and your marks, you know, you're going to get some live flyers and a dog's going to have to be a little bit more, further educated than a, 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 a HRC started level dog where junior yeah. is, is a little bit more complex. And when you move up to uh, senior, your pup's going to have to mark some pretty doggone good, decent doubles and going to have to run a couple of really nice plant lines. And, and again, moving up to masters, you're seeing about a 20, 25% increase in, test difficulty, distances, and added live birds, uh, shot flyers, as we call them, are going to be added. And the the tests are going to be nice tests. But all of them are going to be going to be hunting type scenarios. Uh, I've hunted all over the place. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be hunt land, hunt water, hunt timber, hunt marshes hunt you know plateaus uh, the flats up north uh, about any type of situation you can kill waterfowl in and literally uh, anybody that's done that has seen a dog run a mark or something that resembles something in a test and and that's that's basically what they're trying to do in those hunt tests well, one of the, the big things too, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of similarities between the requirements between these two organizations and how they run their hunt test. I know we kind of touched upon the speaking and no talking to your dog at the line and, and the type of gun. One of the biggest things for your dog in terms of capabilities is that at that senior versus season level, AKC is going to have that dog honor at that, that senior level, whereas HRC will not make you honor until you're at that finish level. Can we go over what so uh, that is for someone who may not know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we also threw out the word flyer too. So yeah. flyer <laughs> is uh, um, what you do in that, in that test scenario is somebody's actually releasing a farm mallard, right? A, a pen raised mallard that can fly and they're throwing it, and then somebody's taking a live round and shooting that bird, and that bird's hitting the ground. And the reason why that's so significant is because, one, there's a big difference between, you know, a duck that's been dead a little while and something that's fresh killed, plus you're putting shot on it, which means you have a chance for blood, you got some loose feathers. 
And you may have a chance of a cripple or, or the bird sailed off a little bit further away than everywhere else. So it may not land in the same exact spot for every single dog who does it. So that's one of the challenges with a flyer is that you really don't know until your dog's at that line exactly what you're going to get. But that right there is your, your fresh uh, bird coming in. Um, and, uh, and that's where, you know, that's, that's going to create its own challenge in the AKC world. Um, for honoring, what we're talking about honoring, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Your dog is going to sit there in vicinity of the, the working dog, the dog that's going to go pick up these birds. And they're going to have to sit there and watch this other dog go run the test that they basically just did. Now, generally, once that dog comes off the line and goes and picks up that first bird, the honor dog will get dismissed so they can get out of there. They don't have to watch the dog go pick up three marks and run a blind. It's just that initial let that other dog go work. And, I mean, you got some of these high drive dogs, you know, these, these dogs that just have a lot of competition and alpha mentality in them. And, you know, that you're asking a lot for them to sit there and watch another dog go pick up birds in front of them. So, I mean, right there, though, it's, it's steadiness, it's basic obedience, but it's at a pretty much at master finish level concept of, you know, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to blow a duck call. They're going to have me shoot rounds, at least in HRC. I'll blow a duck call. I'll shoot rounds at multiple birds that are flying, put my gun down, and then I have to sit there and let the other dog go work. And if my dog, they can get a little bit of a control break, they can take that one or two steps and reheal them quietly. But if they take, you know, those five, six steps out in front of you, even if you stop them, it's still considered a break um, and your dog will fail the test right there. Yeah. And, and it's like Matthew's saying, Matt, that those the competition level of a dog is usually what gets them at the honor. Those that have that insane drive and extremely alpha and competitiveness, they they. <laughs> They just, those are the ones <laughs> yep. that's going to get vocal for you too. But, and back to the live flyers, dogs that are hunted, they know when that live bird comes out. They, they recognize it, they see it, and they know exactly what it's about. And they're just, it just adds another 50 to 100% more juice to most dogs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's also why that is such a great training tool. Um, if it's available, whoever you're training with, wherever you're training, because sometimes you have one of those concepts or those long birds you're trying to do. And if you throw a live flyer out there, sometimes it's that little extra boost that dog needs to drive deep and get out there to that bird and go find it. Oh, that's it. That, there's not a better way. A dog that's, and we see it all the time. There's, there's several field trailers that, uh, train on my property over here and, and they're running big 300 400 yard marks all day you know day in day out and those dogs get they 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 just get down about it you know they love to work they love everything about it they just you know they just get wore out about it but they'll about once every week and a half 10 days 15 days whatever they'll start they'll go out and shoot live flyers and you want to talk about rebound dogs quick you get them live flyers out there, all that quacking and all that commotion, and shoot two or three times at the same duck, no matter if you hit it the first time or not, boy, you'll, you'll bring them back to life. Yeah, so one of the things that we're talking about here is, you know, we're, we're talking about running these HRC and AKC hunt tests. And, I mean, while we are trying to make 
your time at the bucket running those tests as similar to a hunting scenario as possible. The, where I see the big line is, is these tests are challenging your dog's ability to understand a concept. And what we mean by concepts are things like, will this dog get in the water or are they going to cheat the bank? If they get out on land, are they going to keep driving or are they going to try and stay by the shoreline? You know, will they get in? You know, I'm, I'm running right now I'm with Rich Henderson down here in Palestine. We're, we're running with uh, uh, Castile Creek Kennels down here. Lyle's out doing some SRS events out in the Carolinas. But, um, man, I just took notes on one of my dogs that ran a mark this morning, and it was water, land, water, land, water, land, meaning that the dog had to go in water, hit land, hit water again, hit land again, get in water again, and then get out on land to go get that bird. I mean, that's a concept right there, you know, and then you have the angles of those entries and exits from water, you know, all those other things. So AKC and HRC are going to challenge those teaching concepts to see if the dog can understand, stay in the water, keep driving, things like that. Whereas, you know, sometimes in your hunting scenarios, whether you're in, you know, flooded timber, cornfields, whatever, it's four or five guys blasting, you know, 15, 20 rounds at a couple birds that are falling in your face and your decoys at 20 yards. So, you know, everything about these hunt tests are going to be a little bit more methodical. It's one, you know, normally one or two shots at each bird that flies out, you know, depending on what level you're doing, your, your lower levels, it's going to be one shot per bird that goes out there, but it's going to be, can your dog mark it? Meaning, can it see it fall? And take a good line there, get to the area where it fell, establish a hunt, and find that bird and come back to you without any help from the handler. You know, that's the dog's natural marking ability. And then we build upon that and say, okay, well, now I'm going to put this bird over here. And in theory, the dog's going to maybe want to cheat the bank and stay dry and not get in the water and do the long swim. And we're going to teach that dog, nope, you're going to take the straight line to that bird, get that bird, and come straight back to me. And we're not going to cheat banks. And we're not going to you know, play those type of games and fiddle around. You're going to just take that most direct route. Um, and and that's that ties directly into the retriever trainer program, which I feel like we kind of did a little disservice by jumping over that because this program is unbelievable that you've created, Freddie. I mean, I know you you probably hear it all the time. We, we, we've talked about it on uh, on your, your group Facebook page. So I want to take a second and brag about your program. So it's coming from somebody else. Um, the, the program that, that Freddie has created called the retriever trainer is a unique program in that you can take a dog from like the one you just got Austin now, and you can watch a video and learn every step of what you can be doing with that dog to train it. And when I say every step, I mean, Freddie went out there with a the camera guy and recorded every session he did with dogs every day and showed you the progression from basic obedience to collar conditioning to force sets and on top of that he's not out there editing out mistakes and issues that dogs make he's showing you a dog that that clearly makes a mistake and goes okay I'm okay with that because this is a focus. This is how I'm going to deal with it. And he's talking to you while he's training his dogs so that you're understanding. So when you go out and you run your dog and it doesn't run straight to that white pole like it's supposed to, 
or whatever, you understand, okay, well, this is what we need to focus on. This is the concept we're working on. This is what I need to prioritize or this is how I need to make the correction or if I should make a correction. And I mean, it, there, there's nothing else. I mean, you could read a good book. There's plenty. There, there's, uh, I mean, at this point in time, there's a handful of really good books. There's a ton of good DVDs that are out there. I mean, but you're spending hundreds of dollars on these products and all you have is your ability to watch this on repeat and try and figure out if you can understand it. You know, a guy lines up his dog and goes, okay, well, this is how we're going to do force the pile. And if that dog does force the pile good, and then your dog starts not wanting to do, take the pressure, your dog's not wanting to do this, or maybe the ladder technique works better than the force the pile technique for you. Freddie's got all that in this program where you can follow a dog from day one until it's finished. You can watch a certain concept like lining drills, or you can work on force fetching drills and it'll show you all the videos that have to do with that. And you can find the dog that most resembles your type of dog, whether maybe it's a little bit more sensitive to pressure, maybe it's stubborn, maybe it's a really smart dog and good at marking and doesn't want to do this. And you can find a dog that is, is taking the same kind of concepts that you're trying to teach and follow that program day by day to get a dog, either a meat dog or an AKC HRC hunt test all the way through the big dog stuff. I mean, the, the resource is unbelievable. And then you add in a community of a Facebook page where I, I, I don't know what you, I, last time I checked, you were over 2000 members on that Facebook page. Is that correct, Freddie? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're footballing about 2,600 members now, I do believe. Yep. And these are retriever trainer members. You know, this isn't a, a public forum. It's for TRT members. You've got pro handlers in there. You've got the, Hey, I've got a meat dog. As long as it picks up birds and the decoys, I don't care about hunt test people and everything in between it. And you have people out there asking questions. You have people out there showing setups, discussing issues with their dogs. And then to even take another step from that, you can message <laughs> Freddie on top of that and be like, Freddie, I don't know what the heck's happening here. Can you help me out? And he'll be there for you. I mean, it, it, like, I can't believe it when I, cause I had, I don't know if you remember, this was probably two years ago. I was force fetching a dog that I was, I mean, the most stubborn dog I've ever force fetched in my life. And I was just like, all right, what, what, what should I be doing here differently? And I hit up Freddie and I'm having a conversation with the man himself about, Hey, this is what I've done with some of those dogs. This is what worked best. And sure enough, we found a way to get that dog off the table on the ground and doing all of his other stuff. And that dog's Maverick. That's Nate's dog over there in Missouri. That's running oh. and uh, picking up dogs for team Missouri out there. But yeah, he was, he kicked my butt on that force fetch table and I was able to reach out to Freddie directly and get some advice on, on how to work through some of those issues. I mean, the, the, the program here is, it, I mean, it, like I said, it, it's like nothing else that's out there. You have videos, you have a support group, and you have him directly you can always reach out to. And he, let me add another factor into you because this is how good this program keeps going. He puts these seminars together. So I'll, oh, yeah. I'll take a step back. I'll let Freddie, I'll let you talk about the upcoming seminar and how stuff like that works for TRT members. How about that? Oh, that's that's great. You you hit everything on. The, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I've been and I do appreciate all the words. I really do, Matthew. I really, really do. The the the, 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 the I've been fortunate enough that I've I've 
filmed, edited, shot a bunch of different folks' DVDs out there, and and uh, 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 been a major part of Water Dog TV and the SRS stuff. And I've always seen what, like you said, it they, they show always showed upper level dogs doing remedial work. Anytime you were filming anything, and that's what people got to see. And 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 you know. I didn't learn. I didn't. None of TRT is anything except for maybe uh, uh, some of the D cheat stuff is is original TRT content. So uh, everything somebody had to learn it somewhere. You know what I mean? So I've been to seminars. I've been to everything for for you know the thirty five years that I've been in retrievers, and I've always noticed that we always watched finished dogs doing started level work. And that's yeah. what, and we didn't learn anything. So when I when I sat down and said, you know what, I filmed all these things and they're doing the same thing. And I always ask them, why don't you get this? Well, I don't. You know, a lot of folks don't want to show. A, it's a lot of work, first of all, to try to if you're if you're just going to work on force fetch and and to put it all on uh, something so somebody can watch. The actual force fetch would take a three hour DVD to finally get all the way through it. Well, most of your DVDs from, from started to master level are three hours. So you're just kind of <laughs> looking over the basics. And and just like you said, I I, I said it's got to be as in-depth as it can be. And it's got to give people every single thing that can go wrong while training. Because that's the only way we learn how to advance our dogs. And plus, there's there's like you said, Anybody can message me that's a member, and I will answer them back. I'll help them. Every member gets 100% my my attention. All they've got to do is message me through private messenger, and boom, I'm with them. The, the, the main thing I wanted was for folks to be able to see everything that can go wrong and know that their dog is just like every other dog. You know, the first couple of seminars I went to, I thought, man, my dog's an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's how I've, I've watched these videos and stuff back way back when. And, and you know, there wasn't very much out back then. Not literally thought, man, my dog's an idiot. And that's that's how so many people feel with some of these DVDs and some of the stuff that's out there. And, and they see these dogs. Man, three hours, he went from puppy to master. You know what I mean? So... I knew it had to be something that showed a dog's complete progression all the way from finish through uh, from from seven weeks age all the way through finish master derby qual open training and and you just progress your pup to you're at the level that you want that sort of thing and and TRT I think has done it uh, and and don't get me wrong we put a lot of work in it but I have to give a huge shout out. Uh, shout out to all the groups and all the, the the people in our group that that help make TRT what it is. We, the, 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 I cannot stress enough how great of a group of folks these are. There's other retriever training groups out there for people to join and stuff, but the the folks are always 100% positive. They're always 100% helpful, and they're always there. To make sure that your dog and you can be the very best team possible, there's there's n- nobody's wearing any chips on their shoulders. Nobody's trying to 
you know, show off the ribbons or whatever, and everybody is on the same level. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that stood out to me. Um, getting a dog and trying to figure out which program to use was there's clear benefits to following a progressive program versus nitpicking different training drills from different kennels or trainers and that kind of thing on YouTube. And what's nice about the meat, the meat dog training series that you have on YouTube is it's a no shit. Here's a dog that doesn't even know how to heal. And we're going to work it through all the way, force to pile, do all that kind of stuff. And we're going to show you why it makes mistakes. We're going to let you see it make mistakes instead of sending you a, three minute segment on here's a dog that is doing force to pile. And this is how you get him to do it. And there's also a portion of your retriever training series that I really enjoy, which is following um, dogs lives like teats life. Like right now I have a puppy I'm watching all teats videos and that progresses into different sections that you have built out on the page as you start to progress and that sort of thing. So I really like that. And then the, um, the feedback you give isn't just one or two liners, you know, I've seen posts. I've, I don't know how the hell you have time to do all this shit when you have a kennel and you're doing this <laughs> shit and you got test stuff you're going on and you're writing like seriously, like seven paragraph replies to a one, a one line question on your closed Facebook groups. It's the same, man. It is a labor of love. I mean, I, I honestly love it. And, and, Matt, how long have you been a member, Matt? Uh, at least three, at least three years now. Uh, right, and and I ain't too certain you weren't right there, right at the very, almost very beginning of TRT. I'm I'm pretty certain I could look it up, but I'd mess up my service. And <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, you can go back through our group and members stick with the program and stuff, even though it's 60 bucks a year, that sort of thing. A lot of them are advanced enough. There are so many dogs, just like what you're talking about, that we've seen them post their first picture at seven weeks of age. And then boom, they're running masters. Now they're there. Some of them are going to the grand for the first time this year, you know? And I mean, yeah. That right there is what's awesome. I mean, and we're talking about in a, in a short three, three and a half year period that that this is this is occurred. So in in so the program is definitely what there's no doubt that the program is is top notch and all that. But the 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 thing about it is that and kind of what uh, we were fixing to talk about a while ago is I wanted to make sure that there was a resource that you could get in there. You could talk about. Lardy, Farmer, Farmer, uh, Eckett, uh, Aiken, uh, Graham, and all those, which to mention again, the TRT gives back to its members at the highest yep. level that I possibly can. I want everybody, and even though TRT is a retriever training program, we have uh, seminars free to every single member. I mean, uh, Evan Graham's fixing to do one May 14th and 15th. Uh, Evan Graham with Smart Work. He's got a completely different program because not just one program. For those folks that truly want to advance and learn about retriever training, you need to look at everything. You need to you need to take in Lardy. You need to take in Chris Aiken. You need to take in uh, uh, Farmer. You need to take in Graham. You need to take in PRT. You need to get a, a, a you know, it's, 
you you read about Columbus coming to America in one history book, you don't learn about everything. So you want to read all the history that you can, and then you've got a, a finite understanding of of how he got to America, that sort of thing. And the same thing goes with uh, training retrievers. But I wanted to make sure that this program gave back to its members on every single level possible, whether it's help, whether it's getting guest speakers coming in. And we'll do this every single year. We're going to have Chris Aikens done a couple of seminars. Uh, Evan's done a seminar. I'm already in the works talking to Evan and to doing future seminars. We're going to have other people come. But uh, because I'll be the first to tell you that my program isn't uh, – one all end all of all programs and stuff for those that want to learn as much as they can. Let's say you've got to be willing to bring in and listen to other people and what they have to say and critique this and learn different methods and stuff. Because trust me, it'll, it'll make each one of us a better retriever trainer, make us a better team with our four legged hunting. But I will guarantee you that. When, uh, when is this TRT seminar that's coming up? And where? The TRT seminar is coming up May 14th and 15th. Right now, we've got about 100 members signed up from it. There's some of them coming from California. Some There's one coming from Canada to come through this thing. Uh, May 14th and 15th, uh, it's a Friday and a Saturday. We're going to have – it's going to be catered. And the only thing people have to pay for is their meal. That's it. And we're not. We're going. We're going to boil some crawfish Friday night. We're going to have a big catfish dinner uh, Friday at noon. Then we'll have uh, crawfish Friday night, Saturday. Probably going to have old pulled pork and you know some of that old high cholesterol Southern cooking down here. Yeah. And and these seminars are now, like. What what's the purpose of the seminar? Is it just to get people together to kind of socialize and stuff? Is it? Are are, are you? Well, this, this seminar we're going to we're going to be dealing we're going talk dealing with dogs that are in the transition. You've done finished all your yard work. You've got your pup e collar condition force fetched. You've gone through uh, force to water your land land double T. You've done all your reverse work with your dog. Your pup is uh, uh, pretty much through force the water, water tea, de-cheat and stuff, and he's ready for that transition. We're going to start right there with a ready for transition, going to pattern, big pattern blind fields, learning key relationship drills and or mark KRDs, and then and then going into the advancement of training to advanced levels. So we'll talk about setups. We'll talk about, you know, uh, uh, how marks affect dogs and blinds and, and all kinds of mess, which I, I – I'll be there. I'll be answering questions if I'm asked, but this is Evan's thing. You know, TRNT's invited him to come and speak to us. I'm on, I'm not going to, what he says is going to be creation. <laughs> and we're going, and I'm going to be working my butt off to make sure that them birds, when he says, throw that bird there, it hits right where it's supposed to be. And, uh, because that's, that's what we're doing at this. Yep. Now, you talked about how members only need to worry about paying for a meal at this seminar. And it, it makes me want to bring up a, a very significant point here. This whole TRT program is $60 a year. A year. That's it. That's ludicrous, ain't it? I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, you, you go look up some of these other programs, and they want a thousand dollars, or they want three hundred dollars for a DVD set, or whatever. I mean, you're getting so much for that sixty bucks. And then if you go to this seminar, if you were to go to this and it wasn't a TRT seminar, chances are you're paying four hundred dollars to go sit there and watch, and you ain't bringing your dog. You're just sitting there watching him talk and watching him run some other dogs. You may have to pay another a hundred some dollars for, you know, running your dog at a, at a seminar by a pro. And, and then on top of that, all, all the other stuff going on. But when you go to a seminar that's put on by TRT one, it, the seminar itself is free to you, but you're also meeting all these people that you've been talking to on these Facebook groups. And you finally get to put, you know, a face to the name and you get to, you know, create that bond a little bit stronger too. And I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think, I mean, I just did a a force fed on a couple of young pups uh, earlier this year. I sat down. I I think I watched every force fetch video just to make sure, you know, I'm mentally ready to go through the force fetch problem, you know, in case something pops up. But honestly, I don't think I really watch too many videos at this point anymore. I watch the live feed videos that Freddie's putting up. But I'm, I'm the sixty dollars a year for me is worth it just for that Facebook group alone, and these seminars. I mean, you're you're getting your money off that. Even if that, that's why you know here I am three years later, and I, I'm still a member because the asset you just can't argue with sixty dollars a year. I mean, shoot, that's you know that's a weekend a night worth of drinking one one Friday night for a young trooper out there. Sixty dollars is nothing. <laughs> and I, and you know, you get a whole year's worth of. I promise you this, it's going to cost, 60 bucks is way less than it's going to cost you to fill your video up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's better the way gas prices are going, but not to change the subject to get political or anything. But, uh, 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 something else about TRT is it never stops growing. Uh, we're fixing, we've got all the videos uploaded. We've got about another 60 or 70 videos that are fixing to be uploaded and they're going to be brand new. So every year new content is added. Uh, new content is added. We may have changed a few things with this or that, or some, uh, uh, maybe some setups that I've ran that I really like that. I think a lot of folks might get a lot more out of that sort of thing. Uh, We're loading those up. Uh, we've got some uh, live hunting, you know, and that's something else. Uh, TRT, not only do you get to uh, learn how you train your dog, but I show dogs going on their first dove hunts, their first duck hunts, getting introduced to teal yep. hunt, how to get them in the boat, and and just everything. The things that happen while you're hunting, the honoring, the the all the mishaps, all those things you get to see, and there's no other program that that's going to bring all that out there and put all that out there. Plus, keep updating and stay on top of everything, 100%. And 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 in all honesty, you know, back to what Matt was saying about the group and how positive and all that. It, it it's the way people are just taking this stuff in makes me just want to do more and more and more and more. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, you get somebody somebody puts a question up on that Facebook page and I'll be like, okay, let me go put a comment on here and I'll click it. And there'll already be seven comments on there. Giving that guy the right information of man. All right. I mean, and then Freddie gets on there and goes, yep, that's exactly what I see. Throws in, 
throws in his kind of, hey, here's another thing to think about when you're looking at it. I mean, the, the amount of, of knowledge that's being passed around on there, I mean, it, it just, like I said, $60, it's nothing. And Freddie did do a donation for us for a banquet that's coming up here. And, man, is it, is it really two weeks away? Is that how close we are? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're, we're getting pretty close to this banquet. So, yeah. uh, but, um, so I don't know if this, the podcast will be out before the banquet or not, but we will have uh, TRT membership. Um, being uh, raffled off as part of uh, um, our banquet for the Fallen Outdoors. So that money is going directly towards helping to get, you know, veterans in the outdoors and keep us out there hunting and fishing with them. So we do greatly appreciate that as well, Freddie, for that donation. Dude, I, I'm more than happy to do it. We got to do more and more and more and more for all of our vets. No, no doubt about it. But we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and then um, just to kind of cut back to the HRC, AKC stuff a little bit, we did have some questions from our closed Facebook groups. Freddie, if you didn't mind me kind of shooting them your way and seeing if we can get, see if we can pull an answer out of you. Because um, I know you, you're pretty big on the judging side of the HRC stuff, correct? Well, I wouldn't say I'd be big on the, the judging side. I mean, I know what's going on. I was I was a, a – finished judge in hrc years ago it's uh i haven't kept up my license i started off started senior and or season then graduated to finish uh just because i think i i knew if if i could sit in front of a lot more dogs 25 years ago i could learn a lot more and plus i was learning from my co-judges you know exactly about how this right here is gonna mess this dog up and that and this and that so I knew it was a great training experience for me. Plus, it was my way of giving back to the HRC. But, yes, well, I, I can answer some judging questions. Okay, we got one that's a number one reason people fail started test. Number one reason they fail started tests is because they walk to the line. And, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> if, if they give you a mile of rope to pass something, you take that full mile of rope. Right. And and I can't tell you how many people, you know, they get a little bit cocky and you can go up there to the line at a started test and and think, man, I've shot a million marks of this dog. He's going to stay steady. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate the gun and cast my dog. Well, you know, your dog's supposed to be steady, not supposed to be cast. So I've seen so many people back years ago and still that think their dog's going to sit, that they've got this six, seven-month-old pup and they fire off that first round at the hunt test, and that dog's gone. <laughs> yep. And, and when in at a started test, you can actually hold your dog's collar and let somebody else shoot the shotgun for you. So why not use that whole mile of rope if you're going to do it? Because first of all, what you've done is you've just created a bad habit at a hunt test. You've made just one little notch in that piece of wood that's going to make that dog hunt test wise. So if you take every bit of the rope they give you at a hunt test and like, and, and you use it, uh, that's, I've seen so many people at a, at a senior test or a season level test mess up a little bit on the blind or, you know, get a bad cast two or three and, and their dog is fixing gold completely nuts, either on a marker or blind. And instead of you can recall your dog, Line them back up, 
and scratch the slate and start. Now, that first run does count against you, but you can at least call your ball, dog back and, and, and run that mark or blind again and get a 99% of the time a lot better run out of, out of your pup then. And, uh, and so know the rule bit and use the rule bit book as much and as to the full extent that you can. But in started, I'm going to say the number one thing is uh, folks being a little bit too amped up about running their own, shooting a gun while running their dog. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a follow up on that one because I know who asked this question. So I know I have to talk about it. <laughs> the, the issue that comes up with started is that the, the intention of a started test is to just test the natural retrieving ability and desire of your dog. That's, exactly. that's what they say. You know, that's what they want to see. They want to see a dog who sees a bird, wants to go get that bird. Maybe we'll take a little bit of cover challenge and stuff like that, but it's not anything that's going to be technical. It's going to just be that natural desire. However, the number one spot that I see people get themselves in trouble is because they take those young six month old pups out that really just are just picking up birds in the yard and doing good. They start cheating the bank on the way back on the water in the afternoon. They drop that bird, they shake off. And since that dog hasn't been force fetched and, and, and gone through that process, they cannot get that dog to pick that bird back up because the dog doesn't have to deliver the hand. At started for HRC, that dog can pretty much get within one step of you to go pick up that bird. It could drop it right in front of your feet, and that's okay. You pick up that bird, you're good. doesn't have to, to actually hold it until you give them a command to release. However, when they get out of the water and there are three steps left of you and they drop that bird and they shake off and they think they're done and you don't have a command that you taught that dog to pick that bird up, that's where I see a lot of people fail is they're three steps away from a pass and they can't get that dog to pick the bird back up and bring it back to them. And the dog's just confused, you know, cause I know that's one of the big problem. I see Freddie have to answer this question all the time during hunting season. My dog gets out of the water and drops the bird and, and shakes off. What do I do? And there's, there's, there's a whole training process for it. You know, there's a correction that gets to be made. You ain't, you, you focus on those concepts and, and everything else. But like I said, you take that young dog who you think you're just running off retriever desire. And that's the one spot that I tend to see an issue on because they just can't get the dog close enough with that bird. And that's why most of the time you get that advice from everybody else that says, when your dog's ready to run seasoned, go run started. When your dog's ready to run finished, go run seasoned. And, and you keep going through that way because you might as well make sure, you know, if, if your dog can run 150 yard blind, good then good. Then the hundred yard blind that they plan at seasoned should be easier for you. You know why yeah, we call it a test and it, and it is a test, but you shouldn't be trying to challenge your dog on test day. You know, no e-collar, you you know, no training tools. You can't really make a correction out there. You're basically letting your dog run and show, you know, Hey, at that point it, it's on the dog. You taught it. It's either going to do it or it's not going to do it when you're running. And you know, if you're not, uh, you know, you shouldn't be trying to put your dog in the hardest situation it's been in on test day. You should always make you just like everything else in the army, you know, in sports where they say train harder than the fight, you know, make your training level and stuff you're doing for your dog harder 
then the test is going to be so then when you walk out there your dog looks at you and's like that's it i got to get that bird 40 yards right there cool easy got it comes right back you know and and you have those tools so that it, it's man it's so much more enjoyable when you have a dog that's that's running confidently and at that level you know, you'll enjoy that hunt test a lot more and be a little bit less nervous, which, again, your dog will pick up on and you'll have a, a much happier weekend running a confident dog. Yeah, that's something I see you stress all the time, Freddie, on your pages of your videos is don't be afraid to take a step back if you need to and also don't rush the, don't rush through the training thinking that you're ready for the next step when you're really not. Well, that 100%. People... Uh, they they see especially let's say especially a person that's got a training buddy or you've had older dogs or that sort of thing they want they push their pups so hard to get to that level that they see up there and i see it all the time people skipping steps uh or they're they're they progress too quick and they've killed the confidence of their pups those sorts of things and the biggest asset that we have as trainers, retriever owners, uh, handlers is time, time. And, and time is, is not a negative thing whatsoever. It's a 100% positive thing. You have all the time in the world of just taking small little steps with your pup progressing. Don't miss any steps and just put everything in, in just like building a log house by putting each log, on there correctly and putting the mortar on there and stuff it's all going to be solid and the people get a lot of folks who got pups right now that are let's say two to three months old and already they've got dreams of this dog picking up 500 ducks this upcoming duck season <laughs> and that yep. and, and you got to throw that completely out of your equation for training you cannot look ahead like that whatsoever you've got to think let's just do one little thing because I, I promise you so many people when they if they'll just look at the small little increments of steps and just just slowly progress your pup keep everything confident everything fun first of all you're going to enjoy it a hell of a lot more and next thing is your pup's going to enjoy it and going to be a, a heck of a lot better four-legged hunt buddy there that's all there is to it and and the the so many people get caught up in this thing of saying, well, so-and-so's dog by this age was doing this. So what? So what? That doesn't matter. The main thing is doing what's right for you. Because not all kids, not all kids can play football, but a lot of them are a lot better in baseball. And you just kind of gear yourself toward, you know, the direction you're going and just, just take those small steps up. I, it, it it kills me when somebody's hey, I, my pup's seven months old. Uh, you think about all right if he came out and man, no, will you? Are you serious? Don't do that. You know I mean? <laughs> and I mean, it, yeah. And, and just like those started tests and all those stuff that we're, uh, Matthew's talking about, the they learn so many bad ha bad habits. Something negative can always happen. And, and it can kill any type of progression you have. And then here you are having to take, you know, half a summer steps back just to start progressing your pup in a correct line again. And you'll end up spending more time going back and fixing stuff than if you would have just, just, just kept just flipping that tire and just flipping that tire. Now, I promise you one day 
you'll look back and you go, good grief, I done flipped this son of a gun a daggum mile. And that's mm-hmm. that's all it is. It's just little bitty steps of progression, understanding the next step and just taking your time. And, uh, you know, as far as stepping back, uh, of course, you know, last year before it started getting cold, our putt might have been, you know, we might have been running uh, land tea, getting ready for water, that sort of thing. But things got so cold, we didn't really get to train. I went to duck hunting and we were deer hunting and stuff. Putt didn't get a lot, but I come home, rub his head every night, that sort of thing. And then, you know, when you go back, don't start right there and thinking you're going to have to hit the water now and start forcing the water. You'll drop, drop back. Get your shit whistle down real solid. Maybe do even some obedience with the 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 pinch collar, and then graduate back to e collar, and make sure pups understanding everything, and then progress. You know through the land tee just real quick. Land double tee, run reverse. Everything's looking. You step back. You kind of you know polish things back up. Now you're ready to progress. It may have taken you a month of training, but that's fine. You're way ahead of the curve by then walking up there and putting a pile of crosshairs start trying to burn your, your pup crosshair. Yeah, you get a lot of you get a lot of people who try and rush this process. And I mean, just like Freddie's saying, you you end up with so many issues with a two and three year old dog that should have been fixed at six months old. And I mean the the one of the biggest examples is breaking. You know, you've got, it's one of the biggest issues people talk about is my dog does all this stuff great. It just has an issue breaking. If your dog has an issue breaking, then it is not doing anything great. It may run a blind great, but it's not doing anything to do with hunting or marking great. Because if your dog's breaking, it's ruining hunts, it's dangerous and all that other stuff. But it's not really marking. It's, It's just, it's not listening to you. It thinks it can do whatever it wants and I mean, that's just basic obedience, you know, getting a dog to sit and not move until you tell it it's okay to move. That's basic obedience. You shouldn't be out there working on doubles and triples with your dog. If your dog's not steady on a single, you know, and that's where you know a lot of people want to do the big, sexy 150 yard marks and all this crazy cool guy stuff. And it's like, there is nothing wrong with spending your time reinforcing basic obedience and collar conditioning and what we call line manners for hunt tests because your dog may have to sit in a holding blind for 20 minutes and just sit there quietly while it's hidden behind uh, basically um, a, a blind right so it can't see what's going on behind it and you've got other dogs running around you got whistles blowing people shooting and, and all this other stuff going on and you know people are worried about their dog picking up you know a double and a blind and they're, they're sitting there having to wrestle their dog in a holding blind. It's like, take the step back. That Your priority should be that basic obedience foundation and then reprogress from there. And that's why a program like TRT is so critical because a lot of people just go out there and go, well, my dog wants to retrieve and they just keep throwing these bumpers and they're not teaching concepts and they're not really progressing their dog. And then they have all these holes in their foundation because they rush because they wanted to do the fun stuff and pick up birds and now they have a dog that breaks every time they hunt uh benefits for using bird boys and her wingers versus throwing right beside the pup when throwing marks i i covered that i don't know the wind was blowing hard but i covered that this morning actually oh, wow. on my live feed <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> on my live feed i think i was i was 
talking about, no, I didn't never, excuse me, duck chatter. Uh, uh, I did a duck chatter e- e- uh, episode today. That's what it was. I'm sorry. And uh, they come, Echo Calls come down and shot it. Uh, Jonathan Morton shot it and stuff. Uh, I was thinking my live feed, but uh, you got to, <laughs> you have got to get wingers or have a buddy. And, and I, this is exactly what I said. What you want to do is learn to trick your friends, trick your wife, trick your girlfriend, trick, <laughs> trick your kids, and to say, hey, Hey, uh, let's go do some scouting, you know, whether it's for geese, duck, deer, turkey, whatever, with your buddy, bring your dog and say, hey, I'm going to stop right here. You mind throwing me a couple marks? It's that simple. I can't tell you how many times I tricked the neighborhood kids uh, back in the day before Peanut became pro trainer around here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, how I would say, hey, let's go fishing. We'd go run out to the pond and go fishing. Well, next thing you know, I'd have them throw me four or five marks for some dogs, that sort of thing. But it's, yeah. it's extremely crucial to get that pup looking out. And the way you get them to look out and not focus at you, if you, if you spend all your time throwing your dog marks from its side, all they'll do is learn to look up at you and the furthest retreat that they'll even go on will be 30 to 40 yards because that's as far as you've yep, ever – that's as far as you've ever been able – that's as far as they're going to go. I don't give a dang uh, how big a white bumper you throw at 150 yards. They're not going to make it there. That's They just can't do it. So yep. uh, getting somebody to throw you some marks, getting a winger, there's a ton of other training. Uh, teacher, your pup, standalone marks. You know, slowly graduate. I've got some videos out there on that where you teach the pup to place on a placemat or a a Momar stand or some stand, and then you just slowly teach them to be steady as you're taking steps away to where you can actually walk walk a field, throw a bumper for them, throw a bird, whatever, and they run out there, and at least they're looking out at the field. But that's still not the same as you standing over your pup and and – somebody else or a winger or a launcher of some sort throwing marks for your pup. There's nothing that, that, that can teach them and, and increase marking ability about looking out and their marking ability like, like that right there. Matt, did you want to, I don't know, maybe we could segue into like bumper colors or something. There was someone that brought up a question or a topic. Oh about yeah. Color spectrums and uh, yeah, that, running tests. Yep. That, that was a, uh... I believe that was Tom uh, over from uh, Missouri. He's one of our uh, Fort Leonard Wood canine handlers that trained some of the military working dogs. So he, he knows what he was talking about. He was bringing up a good topic. Okay. So a lot of people don't realize that dogs don't have a regular color spectrum uh, like we do when it comes down to eyesight. So they, you, you see it all the time on all the regular Facebook pages where someone's out there throwing fun bumpers for their dog. And they're throwing this bright orange bumper and they're thinking, oh, that's really easy for my dog to see. Your dog sees that orange like gray and they see the green grass like it's gray. So when that bird falls into that grass, it disappears for that dog. So we use orange bumpers for um, teaching blinds and blinds being where the dog doesn't know where the bird is and where... We're sending the dog 
um, in a, in a team effort to go get that bird. So I know where the bird is. I'm going to tell this dog, you know, dead bird back. This dog's take a straight line and then I'm going to be able to give it a couple whistles and cast it over and get it, get it in vicinity of that bird and pick it up. So, you know, you get a young dog, you put a white stake out there and you got these big white bumpers and you're building confidence that that dog knows where you're telling it to go. It can see those big white stakes and bumpers. But when your dog progresses and you start taking that stuff away and then you're planting these orange bumpers, what you're doing is you're ensuring that your dog is going where you're telling it to go because it can't see it. It won't know it's there until it either smells it because it, you know, it wins it or it steps on it. But, you know, I think that's what he, what he was getting at is that, you know, dogs are, man, I don't know, people got to spend just a few more minutes doing some research on, on these animals that they expect so much out of. Because, like I said, you know, people are just out there throwing giant orange bumpers for their dogs all the time. I see, I see it all the time. I'm like, were you throwing that for marks? And they're like, yeah. I was like, you know, you're now some people will throw an orange bumper for a mark. Uh, you know, some short stuff to actually make it a little bit more challenging. I, I've heard of people doing that. I can understand the the idea of that, that they really have to dig in there and find it if that's something that you're working on. But you have to understand that your dog does not see that orange like you do. That orange is going to pop out in a field for you all day. And to that dog, it is gray and invisible. It blends in with everything else that's out there. Damn, that's crazy. I actually didn't know that. That was the, the first bumper I bought is an orange bumper. <laughs> oh, there you know. go. It's good to know, yeah. man. Hey. Right. I, I can promise you this. From from the time a pup is seven weeks of age all the way through, past force fetch, past uh, even land double T and water T, they will either see a, a black and white bumper that has a bunch of feathers on it, or it'll be an all-white bumper. They will never see yep. an orange bumper. And, I mean, because you want them out there, you want them when they see that mark, to mark right where that thing hit and learn to run straight out there. You know, you start using the orange bumpers and stuff, like Matthew was saying, that they'll start they'll start big area hunts. They'll start using the wind. They'll start fading real hard. And a lot of other habits uh, happen that are bad let alone you're having to help the pup more. They start leaning on you more, which is a bad habit. And you run such a risk of the pup not being successful from that first year. I want my pups literally running out there and almost stepping on every single thing, building nothing but success, 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 and just driving it on. Cause all that other stuff is going to come later. Trust me. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and taking time away from all the DMs you get on a daily basis to sit down with us and talk about uh, off-season dog stuff and how it can relate to HRC, AKC stuff, as well as uh, the retriever trainer. You know, like Matt said, just to ping on it again, man, we really appreciate your support here at the Fallen Outdoors that you've shown us for this banquet and just the continued support for uh, veterans in general. Um and all that good stuff. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. And if you guys don't have anything else, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Enjoyed it guys. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, guys. Yep. Bye.